on 97.3 ESPN. Now, live inside the Matt Black Kia Studios, here's Mike Gill. Sports Bash, Mike and Broads. I'm Mike Gill, at Mike Gill Show on Twitter, at Broads81. It's brought to you by Rocket Mortgage. Need to know what it takes for a home loan to fit your budget and family? Learn what Rocket can do for you. Every time I hear Rocket Mortgage now, I feel like there's five minutes left in the game. Is that how this works? Final five is brought to you by Rocket Mortgage. John (laughs) Forsley on the call inside the bubble. Uh, Flyers lose last night. Kind of, uh, I don't know, it's taking the juice out of that series, right? Yeah, definitely. But look, win one more. Let's see it go to six and we'll see what happens. Now, do you watch tomorrow night's game with the same vigor? Um, obviously there's a little bit lost, right? I mean, isn't that just like even if they win tomorrow night? I mean, it's exciting. Cause, well, okay, here's the thing: if they win tomorrow, ninety percent of teams have won up three games to one. Yeah, and especially this team, I don't think it's going to be easy to to make that happen. But let's say they do win to make it three two, and they go into game six. They win that game, then it's hey, yeah, you know, one at a time. That's all, one at a time. Yeah, I mean, look, with the, the Flyers were the team that came from three zero, beat the Bruins, and uh, ended up going to the Stanley Cup that year. You're going to have to do something similar to that to be able to advance to the next round here. But it is a little disheartening. Now, do you think they got a better shot if they play Tampa? No. They match up better with Tampa? Because no. I don't think so. No. 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 Now, your face was great because I was going to say, neither do I. Yeah, whoever <laughs> wins this series, the road stops in the next round. I think Tampa Bay is just on another level. And that's no disrespect to the Islanders or the Flyers, but I feel like they're in that tier of one step below actual cup contenders. And, I mean, I think the Islanders are a little bit better than the Flyers. I think that their seeding and their record in the regular season didn't tell the the true story. They are a great hockey team. And I just think the Tampa Bay Lightning, their big thing was, okay, last year they got swept after having this historic regular season. The Blue Jackets beat them. I think what's going to happen is exactly what happened with Virginia in college basketball. They lose to UMBC in that year. They were the number one seed. They lost to the 16th seed. And then they win the national championship the next year. The Tampa Bay Lightning, they got swept after a historic season. They got swept in the first round. Didn't even win one game. And then now here they are. They're about to they're really close to making it to the Eastern Conference Finals and they could have a legit chance at this thing. Yeah, and you know, and the one thing too, here's an interesting thing though. The Flyers, they're gonna go back to Carter Hart. You would assume he would go the rest of the way here, but they have more problems in the goaltending. That's been the problem with this series. Typically, the goaltending has been the problem for the Flyers, and you could go back and say, well, their goaltending hasn't been their biggest issue. they got other problems now all of a sudden. Yeah, and it's, it's a little bit of two things. It's it's creating offense, which you do credit the Islanders, but still, you got to be good enough. Good good def- Good offense beats good defense in, in majority of sports, and I just feel that they need to find a way to create more offense on this this Islanders team. Yeah. There's no question that uh, that you could see that the lack of opportunities has been a problem for them, and it's crazy because the depth, all and year the depth long. that they had against Montreal is not is not a, a a factor in this series because the Islanders have just as much, if not more, than you do. Absolutely, they are a better version of what you saw in the first round by a lot, and now it makes it that much harder. They were able to get by against the Canadians with that style play. But they wouldn't be able to do the same against a team like the Islanders, who are a better version, and, and they're just so good. And by the way, that's the first time the Flyers have lost back-to-backs in, what, 10, 10 times? I think it was January 7th was January the last 8th. Time. January 8th, yep. okay. 
So, wow. Yeah, it's, a, it's the last I, time they lost back-to-backers. It's funny because going into the game, I said you can look at it two ways. One, they're either due for the loss, or two, you you believe that they're going to be able to do it again because they've done it so many times in a row. Yeah. So And, and sadly, they did fall. And I just I can't stand the negative view on the team overall. Yeah, I can I've get been surprised. Neg- I could get the negative, you know, the frustration with the series, but the overall grand scheme of things – how do you not see that this team is in the right spot? Yeah, I would agree with you. I'm surprised at how much heat the team is taking and how much people. But I think a lot of it has to do, and I know that uh, you have stated your case for Giroux, is that he's the guy on the team, and then the the failures are associated with the failures they've had in past years because he's still the main you know face of the team. While I agree with you, I think he is not – in the past, he was the best player. He was the guy, and he came up small, and people went in. Now, he's the captain, but I don't think he's the, the best player on this team. But people are associating him with the past failures, and they're really going after him. And there's so many captains in this league that aren't the best guys. You don't need to be the best player on the ice to wear the C. There's so many situational captains where you're a leader emotionally. You're a leader on the third line. You show the grit, right? Like, just because he wears the C and he once was a a more dominant player, it doesn't mean that, oh, well, since he still has the C, he still has to play that way. That's not who he is at this part of his career, and that's fine. It doesn't take away from the captaincy role. If he's not wearing the C any longer and he's still playing this way, you still get the same outcome. That's fair. I think a lot of people, you know, just associate the captain as the best player, which you're which right, is, isn't fair. It's not fair. the true. It, it's not the case at all in Although the Although a lot of players, like, okay, this text came in a little while ago. We were talking about the fight. It said, Lavi put the whammy on Giroux in that Pittsburgh series uh, a few years ago when he said Giroux was the best player in the world. He's not. He's a really good player. And Broads Provorov is overrated. Provorov's not overrated. He's just in a little bit of a funk right now. I would say that Niskanen is the, been one of the bigger reasons they failed more so than Provorov. Like, if your D partner makes a big-time mistake, it might make you look worse than what it really is. And I think Niskanen is all over the place right now, which is just blowing my mind because he was so strong. Provorov's not overrated. Saw I think a pretty a frustrated team, though, in the third. You saw it. Saw yeah, a lot of it. guys just the face look like we got no answers. I know. Right? Didn't you feel that way? Yeah, absolutely. You could see it when Travis Konechny has an opportunity. He doesn't score. He puts his head up to the ceiling. He does that a couple times. Kind of bothers me, not going to lie. It's And he's an emotional guy. So you give and take with, okay, that's one of his pros is he's emotional. So when things go south, his emotions is going to be in a negative way. When things are positive his emotions are going to be able to be an advantage for the players. It's also Flyers. frustrating, though, when you got their backup goalie and he's making some outstanding saves. Well, that is one of the things that was big down the stretch is when it was a tied game and, and you had the Flyers really have some great chances and Grice was coming up with the save and then on the other end, there goes the Islanders going down and scoring. So it's almost as if the Flyers had a big chance. Their goalie came up with it. And that's not a knock on Brian Elliott. I think it was more of a defensive zone problem and a neutral zone yeah, I was problem. Say, do you more think than the Elliott. goaltending change played a factor in the game later? Like, do you nope. look back and say, man, if we would have started Hart, maybe we, you know, I mean, they ended up getting the second goal real late in that game with about a minute left. But I don't know. You're not going to sit here and say, man, they could have won that game 2 1. Nope, not at all. I think that that Pajot breakaway, I can never blame a well, goalie on a breakaway. Yeah, it squeaked through, but. Still, yeah, that, was a sl- that one was just, I mean, it looked like he saved it, and it just kind of like. And then the other one's a 2-on-1 where Niskanen pinches, and then Provorov is left in the dust, and it's ugly. I mean, 
Both of those goals in the third period, there's no way in hell I look at Brian Elliott and go, you know what? Shame no, on you. I don't blame Elliott. Not at all. I, thought he played, I actually thought he played a very good hockey game. Were you surprised they went with Elliott? No, not really, because this is something that like coaches Because like your boy, uh, Tony D, he said, are you kidding me? Yeah, the group chat went off big time when the news broke out. Can't believe it. I can't believe they actually didn't go with Hart. He thought that they would go with Hart. Yeah. But when the other team goes with their backup, uh, sure, you want to look for you the You don't know that, though, start. do you? I guess not. It almost was sure. It was almost as if both coaches were like, okay, we're going with our backups today. And it was like, hey, we're going with it. But I still give the advantage, even though he played a great game. But Christ that's did. the thing. Many people felt, all right, there's two back-to-backs. The game that you got to use the backup, you have the advantage with the backups. Their backup outplayed yours. Even though I'm not blaming Elliott and not saying that's the reason why, Grice outplayed him. You could argue, though, that Brian Elliott even played better than Carter Hart did in his last game. Well, there were some people wondering, what if the Flyers, they were up, um, it was 0-0, and he had a bunch of great saves. They they, they got outshot 13-1, to and he made a couple of great saves. And you're thinking, what if they actually won this game, and he played that well? Then what? That's interesting you bring that up. Yeah, that was a hot discussion. My buddy texted me that. If they win, does Brian Elliott yeah, go again? exactly. He says, if they win, do they keep Elliott out there? Nah. I don't think you do that. You go with the kid from there on. This is this one you can live with. You can understand why they went with Brian Elliott. But after that, even if he post, what if he posted a forty-six save shutout? Right. <laughs> what do you do? That would be really tough to take him out. But I think you still would. Now Durso, when he was on with us earlier, you know he hinted at that. You know Hart did not look sharp the last time he was in a back-to-backer. So I think that played a role. If they make it to Game Seven. Then what? Well, I mean, you would probably be going with Carter Hart to get to Game 7, so at that point you got to go with him, right? You can't not go with him. I would think. I Your mean, franchise you... oh, is it's on not the a, line. it's not a back-to-back. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, it's not a back-to-back yeah, that, anymore. That, that has since changed. Oh, okay. Sorry I thought that. you were going in that no, 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 uh, no. No, because before they were in 6 and 7 were back-to-back, they have since changed that. Right, so now that's, uh, well, I mean, if they get to seven, let's take it one game at a time. But I feel pretty confident that with their backs against the wall, it's so tough to put away a team. And even though they've been really hard to watch at times, the Flyers are still a good hockey team. And I think that they are going to find a way to win game five, make it a three to two series. And then I don't know what's going to happen in game six, but we'll take it one at a time, keep it alive here, keep us entertained. And Here's one thing that, that has stood out to me in this series, though. And, and yesterday when I watched the game, I had a, a couple friends who are playing hockey in, in the league watching it with me. And they're like, damn, this series is boring. Now, when you have five hockey guys sitting around saying this game is boring, that just shows you, I, I don't know. I, I talked about this before. When it comes to this Flyers team and this two series that they've played to this point, it doesn't catch the common fans' eyes. It's not a fun watch. Well, if you're watching Vancouver and Vegas and then watching this. Exactly. Or Boston and Tampa. You're getting scoring, wide open plays, open ice. You're seeing a lot of puck movement. Good plays happen. You see the Flyers and the Islanders. They're hitting the red. They're getting the four check. They're establishing some hits in the in the corners. And then they're mucking and grinding a bit instead of that open flow hockey that you like to see, and it's just it's a boring style of play. And even for me, I love the game. I sit here and I'm thinking, damn, man, this is – look, I, I like watching the little things, the things that I pick up on, winning puck battles, things of that nature, but this is not a fun series. for. I want the city of Philadelphia to really grab onto this team and like well, enjoy I, this fun ride. I think they were 
and then the first series was kind of blah, and then this one has been equally. I think people wanted to embrace the team. I, I didn't you feel that? I did. I did feel that way because the way that they were playing in the round robin sort of gave the idea of hey, this is how the team's going to look when things intensify. And they did not look like that at all. I thought a big difference in the game was, um, I guess it's like the end of the second period is Grice, he really made a couple of big ones. If you could have got one there, it feels so I thought he, that was a difference in the game for me. That end of the late second period, he made a couple of outstanding saves. It doesn't make sense to me, though, that this Flyers team is so weirdly inconsistent. The first period... There was the shot. shot. Like, Voracek shot. Remember that one? Yeah. In the second period? And yeah. then, uh, who was it? JVR had one. Man, when he made that save, I said, this guy's on tonight. Yeah, there was a big one. Yeah, J- it, yes, the rebound like popped right into right the in slot front. area. And Voracek, oh, or that might have been the one where JVR had it. But it, uh, there were a couple where Voracek had one, JVR had one. Giroux nope. almost had one. Yup, Hayes, TK almost had one. But, uh, of course, here I got Giroux in all caps without him. No first goal. Just making sure people know that. <laughs> but, like, Flyers, like, game three, they lose three to one. They were abysmal the whole game. You could throw that one right in the trash. They barely had any shot. They go through spurts of legitimately getting zero shots for 13 minutes of play. How does that happen? It, it, it's mind-blowing. But they did seem to establish late in that game, third period a little bit, They'd go from low to high, D-to-D, shots on net. And they were consistently getting shots on net doing that. So I wonder if they're going to live with that philosophy in the next game. That's not rocket science. I learned that when I was four. You get the puck up high, you go D-to-D, you go net front, and you shoot the damn puck. Yeah. So I don't know why it took them so long to figure it out. Yeah, but- I think the, the basis, though, of, okay, this back and forth would be to tell the people, like, there's a lot of people who are railing on this team. Like, ah, you didn't show up. The team. That's just the style that the Islanders make you look like you didn't show up. And the Flyers play a similar way, though. So it's almost like two teams that play a similar style playing one another, which makes it not entertaining. You have two non-entertaining teams out there. You're going to get a non-entertaining game for the most part. It's been a non-entertaining series. It's been a non-entertaining playoff playoff, Which sucks because, you know, it was so much juice and I was excited. And even I'm underwhelmed with even though I knew it was going to happen, I knew it was. I've seen these teams play all year. But okay, then here's a question. It's worse. Okay, a couple questions. And I don't want to write the eulogy here yet for this team in this season. But even if they win this series, you're saying Tampa is, is going. So you look at this roster and you wonder what's lacking. And I think we both would come up with the same answer. We don't have to say goaltending for the first time in 58 years. But. They need a guy that can put the puck in the net. Those guys aren't easy to find to get you from where you are right now to that next level. They need some goal scoring. And I also think, like, a lot of these players are so young defensively. Sanheim, Myers, these guys are so young. And to experience playoff hockey for the first time is a different type of beast. You know, Justin Braun, he's older in his career. He's losing a step. Robert Haig, I think you got to factor in some development with some of these young defensemen. Not only that, guys like Joel Farabee, these young forwards. Konechny, who's clearly underwhelmed with his own play, right? Like, these he young a, players. He had a shot in the third period, too, connecting. Yeah, I know. He, he missed the out on that one. the one you're talking about. It was, yeah. He needs to figure Giroux it out. Giroux had a shot, too. He, he was falling a, oh. down, and, and he couldn't get it over the glove of Grice when he was going uh, post to post. All post. these flashbacks are coming into my I head. They're all, all like, oh, were you screaming at the TV at all? Like, oh, come on. You do one of those? Well, or? Grice made a 
great save on somebody. He made a few. Uh, that was the one where I said, you got to be kidding me. Oh, you went Tom McGinnis. <laughs> Are you kidding me? One of those? I was a little angered. Okay. A little, a little annoyed at this uh, backup goalie stonewalling you. Yeah, it's incredible. The team needs to find a way to score. It's it's unfortunate, but who knows? We'll see how they bounce back on Tuesday Tuesday night. All right. Well, I got faith. Game five. They get it done. 7 o'clock right here at 97.3 ESPN. You think we see Lindblom in that game? That's really something to look out for. I, I feel if you're throwing him out there in the warm-ups, something's happening, right? You would think. There's got you don't just throw him out in the warm ups and then decide that he's not at least being considered. Right? Uh they mentioned September, which by the time they play tomorrow night, you'll be in the month of September. Which and I'm is trying odd. to think well, a couple of, you got to play off hockey in September. Who could you take out, right? I mean, you could take out uh, like Derek Grant, Nate Thompson. I'm thinking of like these these bottom line guys. Michael Roffel was out of the lineup. And I thought that was interesting because of you know he Two was playing games, he was putting the fir- he was in the first line at one point playing with Couturier and Voracek yeah so I just think it's interesting how he's moving it around I wonder who he would put put out of the lineup for him but only time will tell uh, and and by the way there was a report that Raffle did not participate in the pregame so um, in the pregame skate and he did not play in game three either so he's been out two straight games you wonder if they would go back to him to try to add a little something yeah he's someone that i feel should be in the lineup regardless of but what's but happening. him not being in the pregame skate could mean he has an injury right that well yeah yeah yeah. i was i was questioning if something was wrong because if you remember during that round robin play he went down and then he came back and we were surprised that he came back so soon and we'll see we'll see what happens but we do have a phillies lineup i was gonna say now i want to flip over to the phils real quick um the lineup is out all right, we got McCutcheon, Hoskins, Harper's DH in tonight, Real Muto catching, Gregorius at short, Segura at second, Bruce is playing right field, Boehm at third, and Quinn in center field. Spencer Howard on the bump. Like it. Yeah, I'm intrigued to see what he does. Now, this is the series. You got Washington here, Washington's <laughs> last place. You got to start. You got to start two out of three in these guys. Well, Bryce Harper said we got to find a way to go on a stretch of nine of ten games. Yeah, they did win five straight. They won five straight, so and then they right. lost. So five of six, and let's see what they can continue to do. Now, who's on the bump for the Nationals? That's a great question. I will look that up as we uh, talk Phils. But how do you feel about Jay Bruce in right field? Is that something that really concerns you, or not too much? Um, I mean, Harper's pretty good. At, been pretty good out there. I mean, what do you think of them interviewing the guys in mid game? They got to stop with how much they talk to Bryce Harper. They talked to him way too much. That broadcast is awful, by the way. Well, they did it on Saturday, too. Fox had Reese Hoskins on there, mic'd up. Yeah, the one time they had Freddie Fe- Freeman on, and here's what I don't like about it. I feel like this is a little get-off-my-lawn-ish. But Freddie Freeman's at third base. He's congratulating Alec Boehm. Oh, it's a great home run you hit. Oh, this and that. No, no, no. You guys are supposed to hate each other out there. This is Philly's Braves. Don't give me... Oh, you're... After the game, Bryce Harper put up a picture with him and Freddie Freeman both laughing. What are you doing? Yeah. You guys are supposed to despise each other. Don't give me congratulations on the bench or on the on the bases for hitting your first home run. No, don't give me that. Yeah, but that's how today it is. Well, I, I'm watching like the, the Fox broadcast now. Fox didn't use. I, I was hoping. I was like the first time I watched the Fox game. I didn't get to see the. Uh, they didn't use the. Um, the superimposed fans. Maybe they got some bad backlash for it. Well, I, I didn't know if it was because the Phillies have a full house of uh, cardboard cutouts. Well, that's also true. Yeah, they, they do have so many. They filled the whole else. bottom 
Well, they filled the not the whole bottom bowl, but they filled all the way around that you can see on the television. It's not like the whole bottom it, bowl. I bet is you filled. it will be soon. Uh, they keep growing you know, it. A no? buddy of mine said he tried to get one. I think they they stopped doing it. Now it's if you hit a home run in a certain spot, they'll put your face where you hit the dinger at. So if you hit a dinger in right center field, they'll find a way to put your face right where the ball fell. Yeah. They, like last night, they were showing the guy replacing whoever hit the homer. Who was it? McCutcheon hit the homer. Do you like A-Rod on the broadcast? Um, You can live without it. The broadcast itself just isn't. Now, they're both. Are they together? Or are they, I know they're not at the ballpark. Are they in the same booth? That or, sounds like a Josh question if I ever Are they in one. the same room or are they in two different places? Because they did mention they were in Bristol. So what ESPN has been doing is they've been having Vaskersian and, and A-Rod in the Baseball Tonight set. So they're in the same place. But I don't think it's so much about them talking over one another or anything like that. I just think they like A-Rod stinks as a commentator. <laughs> it's just flat out he's not good at it. I don't understand. Yeah, I think he's all he's awful. There's a lot going on in that broadcast. Yeah. What's up with these ESPN broadcasts on the Monday Night Football crew? Now, they did redo this whole scenario. Maybe we get a little bit better Monday Night Football, but not a big fan of the the Sunday Night Baseball. The weird thing with ESPN is that their best baseball play-by-play guy is not on their marquee product, and I've never understood that. And they've been doing this for years now because now they have Vaskersian, well, part of it was they wanted A-Rod. Correct. And A-Rod wanted Vaskersian. Right. Because Vaskersian was Fox, right? No, he's uh, MLB Network. Well, yeah, he was working for a different network. And A-Rod, I think, specifically wanted to work with him. Right. Here's a positive, though. We don't have those Facebook Wasn't Vaskersian doing football for Fox? Uh, maybe like a long time ago, but not recently. Remember last year you got stuck with Facebook-only games? Yep. That was miserable. Who put that together? Where they're only going to do Facebook games. That was a dumpster fire. That well, was horrendous. They wanted, uh, they got money. I mean, you're losing not on so many people watching those games because some people don't even know how to utilize Facebook streams to watch games. But that was the whole point. Facebook wanted people signing up for Facebook. Well, clearly they didn't work or else they would have done it again this season. Ah, this year's a little wonky. All right, we'll see if it's in the cards down the road. Mm-hmm. Well, you got the NHL having some games on like uh, CNBC, some playoff games in the first round. I mean... They get thrown on walking channels. Yeah, well, you get that for the NCAA tournament, too, where they're on, like, true TV. Yeah, but you know the four. You, you watch Mar- March Madness. You know well, you have your way. go-to four. I say this all the time. Anybody who's a real sports fan, you know where, you're, where your team's playing no matter what channel. Like, the Phillies were on, like, the, the Chizzo Network. What was that that one day? Yeah, Cozy TV, Cozy I think. Cozy TV. I don't know. Whatever the heck it was. You find it. Like, you ever go to the bar and ask to ask the bartender, hey, can you put the game on? And they don't know the channel. Well, they say, let me go get my manager with the remote. It well, takes 10 minutes. You miss the whole first quarter. Yo, it's why we don't watch at bars. Doesn't it always? Yeah, because how does the guy who's bartending not know what channel the game's on? I don't See, get that's, it. That's the bigger point that you guys talked about earlier. The real reason you don't go and watch a game out is because you can't depend on the establishment oh. having the game on. Yeah, but if it's 1 o'clock and it's an Eagles game in South Jersey, it's pretty shocking to not have it on, okay, right? The Eagles are one thing. But, I mean, you know, 
people like us watch other sports too, okay? And if you go to an establishment and you have to explain to them what channel to put on, it's definitely a knock down a star on the TripAdvisor rating. So, definitely. So do you think if I go to somewhere and like, hey, do you have the uh, San Diego Padres game, please? I think they're playing the Dodgers. You think they'd be like, oh, yeah, no problem. 432, boom. They wouldn't do it that Well, I'll tell you this. So, and I always say this. If I owned a bar, I'd hire some guy, young guy or girl, who that's their only job. They know every channel. They know where it's are so that when you walk in, there's nothing worse than when the Phillies would play on, like, the CW, and when the game's over, you have, like, a, a 2-2-7 rerun on. Something like that. That can never happen. So anytime someone walks in and says, hey, can you put so-and-so game on, that they know exactly what channel, how to change it. They know how to work the remote. They don't have to ask somebody. That's it. That's the only way. It's the only way it can be done. Well, sometimes the TVs are linked. So one guy's over here and wants to watch a game, but you want to watch a different game, and they try and change the channels. They're all linked. Now Listen, you're stuck. When you go to work as a bartender, okay, you need to do some prep work beforehand. What games are on tonight? What channel are they on? Who's playing? Boom. When I walk into a local place and I ask for a local team and they have no clue, you're off my list. I went to a place one time. I said, hey, can you turn the Sixers game on? They didn't know. What time it was, what channel it is, I said, you're done. What you're out. channel? Imagine asking what channel and someone says, can you put the Sixers? You're that, done. That happened to me, too. I went to a local establishment. I won't say their name. And, well, partly because I don't advertise here. But they, I'm asking them, can you put this game? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I was like, I'm never coming here again. And I haven't gone back there in Go to years. Clearwater. Okay? Go to Clearwater. So we went to this one place. During the NCAA tournament. Games time start. Not one TV had the tournament on. That's Not an abomination. One? Never went back. Another place we go, and now we go to this place every single year for the games. They have a guy that stands there, and they have the, the direct TV package or whatever, and he's got every game in a notebook. And he knows this channel, this channel, this channel. They got 60. Boom. They all have a different game on. And he's shooting them around. Boom, boom, boom. You see the guy work. His mind's working. This game's coming to a close. That one over there is at hand. He never has. That place is where I need to be. I want that guy for my basement. Pay him full time yep. to just stand <laughs> in my basement. Sports Pass brought to you by Matt Black Kia. They want to get you approved today. 6211 Black Horse Pike, Egg Harbor Township. Yeah, you walk in and you say, Flyers game on. And if the game's on CNBC, that guy has to know. That girl needs to know. Or she has to have a list in front of her. These are the games. The, the, the owner of the place. Hey, you're going to get asked for these games tonight. Here's a list. Get ready, because here they come. People are going to start it. And guess what? If you if the Flyers play and someone else says, hey, can I get the Tampa Bay game on? No, you don't get the Tampa Bay game on. You get the Flyers game on. That's what you get. We should open up a bar, the Sports Bash Bar. That sounds good. Good idea. Low, locale IPA zone. I'm working on that. All right. Sports Bash. It's Mike Gill's show, Hunter Brody at Broads81. Give us a follow there on Twitter, Sports Bash on 97.3 ESPN. Tomorrow night, Flyers and Islanders. We'll have that for you here. Also, NBA playoffs continue. Boston, Toronto, that series is underway in the second round. Got a couple of first-round series. Got a game seven tomorrow night. We'll have it here on 97.3 ESPN. We'll pick that Jazz and uh, Denver game up in progress. My pick of the Nuggets isn't looking good. That's well, going to be one I take on the chin, I think. Well, if they win the game. You're still in business. Yeah, but I'm just letting... Do we know who they would face? 
Do you know the breakdown on who they would actually see? The well, next I think round? the winner, the Rockets. I think if the Rockets win, I believe the Rockets would play the Lakers. Well, wow, that's a pretty interesting uh, series. Yeah. So if Denver wins, I guess they would play the Clippers. I think. Man, could they beat the Clippers? If you saw anything this series, I mean, it's not like the Clippers are some absurd force that you wouldn't be able to handle at all. I'm not saying they're easy either, but, I mean, realistically, they're a beatable team. Yeah, no, the Clippers, I mean, the Mavericks were shorthanded and gave them, you know, I mean, that series was really entertaining. You had a game that was 154-111. to 111. I know we always talk about Kristaps Porzingis during the process years, and he didn't want to come to Philadelphia and all that nonsense, but... I don't know what to even think about him. Is he – what is he? I mean, I don't think that he's some good question. great player by any means. He's not bad. Because but... people rip Hanky that he took Okafor over Porzingis. And I'm not here to say that that was a smart move. There was a lot of reports that Porzingis did not want to play for the 76ers, so they just went with Okafor, that Hanky really wanted Porzingis, but that he couldn't really get that green lighted because he wouldn't work out for him. But you're right. Porzingis has been so – look at the – part of the criticism of the Sixers has been their guys can't stay on the court. They're always hurt. And Porzingis has been hurt all the time. He does average 20 points per game. But No, you, he, no when he plays, if he was healthy and the Sixers took him and he was a healthy Porzingis, he's what they're missing. He's essentially one of the things they're missing, I should say. He's not exactly everything they're missing, but he's the stretch four. He's the guy that would complement. He would be with Horford. You know all those open shots Horford gets, all those open looks that Horford gets? They would be Porzingis. Is he worth? I'm just trying to process, you know. He'd be a really good fit with these guys, I think. I, I just don't know. I think you'd be frustrated with him because he can't stay healthy. Right. Like, he played 48 games last year. 48 games. He played 66 the well, year before. Well, he played 48 because he came back from – he got hurt the year before, and he came back halfway through the season. And he then missed finished, like, finished the year Yeah. Out. He had the knee problem. He got hurt when he was with the Knicks uh, before that, too. He was, he's was he been in and out of the lineup, Porzingis. He's, he has not been – now, again, I would rather have taken my shot with Porzingis, see if he would have been the, able to fit with the – I think he would have been a great fit with Simmons and Embiid. He is definitely an upgrade over what Al Horford brings you at that four spot, and then he, you wouldn't but need – But he's been an upgrade over every the, – the Sixers' big problem is they have not been able to find that stretch four that's reliable. Well, is Ben Simmons your four now? Do we know that question? Is a new coach going to look at him and go, he's a point guard? Is the new coach going to look at him and say, he's a power forward? It's another good question. What's the new coach's vision of Ben Simmons? I think you need to put the ball in his hands. I really do. I think you lose a lot by not putting the ball in his hands. What I would do this offseason, what I would try to do, is I would I'd go back to Ben playing the point. I would try to trade Richardson. He would be the guy I think I would try to try to move to try to get something that I'm lacking. I try to trade either Horford, Harris. I don't think I can, but I try. I see who has the contracts that Bobby Marks talked about, you know, um, that signed a deal last year that the team has buyer's remorse on. And then I try to use Richardson as a guy that I can try to maybe package with somebody or some, or send somewhere. And I go with Shake Milton as my off guard, not my point guard. I let him take over the Richardson role. Here's one of the things that I look at when it comes to Ben that makes me want to put the ball in his hands more. And, and take it for what it is, but this team, they weren't great when it came to spacing out the floor. And it wasn't as if that they had all these insane three-point shooters to rely on. 
And with that being said, he was at the top of the league in three in, in assists that led to three-pointers. Isn't that kind of crazy to think about? This team was not good at shooting threes. They had no spacing offensively. We all screamed about how brutal this roster was. There's no spacing to shoot threes, yet he led the league when it comes to assists that lead to three-pointers. It's, it's kind of crazy to even process. It is. You know, this team just does not have great three-point shooting. Now, one of the things, they have five draft picks this year. Now, four of them come in the second round. You wonder if they can use those second-round picks to get another first-round pick. Can they use the first-round pick that they ended up getting from Oklahoma City? Because they did not have a first-round pick this year. They got lucky with getting that first-round pick. And if they can use that pick with the second-round picks to move up or utilize that pick with, say, Josh, I would trade that pick with Josh Richardson, or I'd pick, you know, the problem is, like, if I say, hey, I'll give you Horford in my first-round pick this year, that first-round pick is not good enough to entice people to take a bad contract. But if I give you Josh Richardson and the, what pick do they have, 20? 20, I think it falls between 20 and 23. But I thought they like solidified three, it. Oh, did they actually solidify it? Yeah, I'm pretty I, sure that it got solidified. I'll look it's it like 20, 21, somewhere in that range. But would somebody take Josh Richardson and, and pick 20? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't know what type of reward you would get for that, but I think that there would be a team interested in Josh Richardson alone, and then if you're throwing in a first-round pick as well. But you kind of mentioned what I would like to try and do with it. Would it be worth it to try and use that first-round pick with an Al Horford if you throw something else in there as well? I I, I don't know. I don't have well, that other if you're If you're including Horford in a deal... I'm imagining also packaging that deal is going to be Thibel. Well, what if it's a first Thibel and Horford? That contract's brutal. What if that's what it takes you? Well, that's what I thought. I thought that's what you were oh, saying. I, oh, originally. Horford and that number one pick, and then you'd probably have to do. Now, that number one pick, again, is like 19, 20. I think it's 21, if if, if memory serves. But huh? Would you would you be okay with what that? Am I, getting back? am I getting Buddy healed? You give me Buddy healed back, I make that deal. Well, if there's one thing... I'm not doing it for Harrison Barnes, though. Well, Harrison Barnes' contract might... Well, then you wouldn't be taking on that type of contract. That's the type of contract well, you would Bobby take. because Bobby Marks mentioned teams that have buyer's remorse from signings they made last year. Harrison Barnes got signed to a terrible deal, so the Kings might say, look, we want out of this deal. We'll, we'll give you a hint. I would do it, though, for Buddy Heald. I would do it for Buddy Heald. You know, there's been some reports that they're, they have buyer's remorse on the contract they gave Buddy Heald. I would do Thibel, pick the, the the 21st pick, and Horford. Well, with Buddy Heald, it's more he just doesn't like it there, right? He's not a big fan. He's pulling a Yannick Ngakwe where he's very openly not happy with Sacramento. Am I correct with that? I, yep. I feel like he's very upset in that scenario. Yep, right he's now. in a situation where he wants out. So you could... That gives the, that gives the Sixers leverage, but not with these contracts. It's wild. You got to give Elton Brand credit, though. If they do keep the pick... There is something that he has done here when it comes to drafting late, and he has found some pretty good players late in the first round. So, you know, what is Thibel? What is Shamit? They're players you can utilize. They're not insane you know game what this changers. Team's missing? Shamit. Uh, well, yeah, you're right. You are right. They do need a player like Shamit. Can they find it in that late well, first round? And and Shamit was the replacement for Reddick. Like, if you were going to say, look, we just can't give Reddick the money that he wants anymore. We can let him walk, and we can replace him with Shamit. So we have the 21st pick. Okay, that so is Sixers confirmed. have 21. They could find something there, maybe. 
not a good draft. I know. But what do we know about these players right now? Because we don't even know about the college basketball season That's in true. general. Now, McCormick, oh, that would be for the following season. Yeah, these players would be from last season. Yeah, so we do kind of know these players. Yeah. Well, McCormick, I was talking to McCormick about this the other day. He's all draft geeky guy, right? He, so he's all into I it. I see his articles. Yeah, he's got, but he says there is shooting available in the draft. But that's the thing now. Like, you get these guys in college that they shoot because that's the game. You get a lot, you know, it's like there's not like these star players, but you get, I can't even remember who was in last year's college season. It seems so far removed. It really does, and we might not even get it again this season. Or do you think college football playing opens the door for college hoops? Remember, college football outside. That's so true. But you can play basketball without fans. Yep. I mean, the NBA has found well, a way to Well, they're talking do about it. doing bubble situations, like where conferences play at one I haven't spot. heard too much about college basketball in, in general about what they're going to do. I, the, one, the last I heard was that they were talking about doing a bubble thing where com, like a conference might play, say, at Disney World at, at Orlando and play down there for like a weekend, something like that. So like there would be an SEC bubble, a Big Ten bubble, yep. uh, uh, okay, a Big 12 yeah. bubble. Something like that. Yeah, Shamit, by the way, this year from three-point range was 37%. So not as good as he was, but last year – with the Clippers, he shot 45% from three. Imagine having a 37% from three shooter right now and being, like, underwhelmed. Like, God damn, he's only shooting 37%. He's, But he's – but, yeah, you're right. <laughs> he's exactly, though, like the kind of guy that they need. He shoots the three, but he can put the ball on the floor a little bit. And he can actually play. The Furcon Korkmaz, I think he finished higher than that. I think he finished around 40% after this season, but he can't play. He doesn't work. When the game tightens down and Shamit, I'm not saying Shamit's right about that. an insane talent, but he can play in the playoffs. Korkmaz, whew, I wonder what they're going to do with that. Because remember, he wanted a. What did he do? He went into the office and saying he wanted more money. He, well, remember they let him go, and then they couldn't find anything. So they had to bring him back. Imagine if they didn't have him this year for the regular regular season. season right. right? He's your regular season guy, the Neto. They're your regular season guys. Fine. They can live at the edge of the bench. But when it comes down to real moments, at one point, Furcon was your sixth man coming off the bench at one point. What are, what, what are we doing here? Yeah, you got, uh, they should bring Trey Burke back. I, I don't like that conversation either. It's a huge... <laughs> I saw some Trey Burke takes yesterday. I can't stand it. They act as if this guy's been bouncing around out, all over the league. I mean, to, it just it's crazy to me. Yes, yeah. he's doing well in Dallas. Okay, I get it, but... The dude's been bounced around all over the place. To think the Sixers are some play well crazy yesterday. organization. He didn't play well specifically. No. Not he, yesterday. No, not yesterday. But he had some big games in this Oh, series. yeah. He's been like their second, really their second guy. People just fall in love with in like certain moments. Certain moments with guys. And they tie it to the Sixers and blows my mind. Well, the one game he had two for three from three, 15 points, six of 11 from the field. He had the one big game where he hit like 25. He had a bunch of threes, you know, but they chose Neto over him. Was that the difference in this playoff run? No. Nope. There's no There's no reason to argue the 10th or 11th man in an NBA playoff roster during a playoff run. We have five questions next. Wake up weekday mornings from 6 to 10 with Keyshawn, J. Will, and Subin on 97.3 ESP.
All right, time for five questions to get ready to wrap up the show. We got Phillies baseball tonight. We got Flyers hockey tomorrow. Phillies made a trade at the deadline, adding David Phelps to the bullpen. For more on that trade, go to our website, 973ESPN.com. All right, what do we got? All right, you're 14 and 10 on the season. Are you impressed so far with where you're at? Well, 14 and 10 is not bad. No, it's not bad at all. Puts me in the MLB playoffs right now. Oh, okay. Do the Phillies win today? Come right out of the gate. Right out of the gate. Uh, Spencer Howard against, uh, who's it, Fetty? Yep. Phil's win. Okay. Does Spencer Howard pitch in the sixth inning at all? He does not go in the sixth inning. I tend to agree with you. Yeah, this bullpen's better now. I, I like these guys. Yeah, maybe what? He's willing to go to the bullpen sooner? And he's just... got more He's got more guys he can trust. Right. How many strikeouts for Spencer Howard? It's a hard question. I mean, well, I don't get an over-under. Nope. I got to hit it right on the nose? Right on the nose. Sounds like if you're setting me up to fail. Well, here. I mean, look, sometimes you get some easy questions. Sometimes it's a little hard. Uh, give me, uh, I'll go five. It's a good number, I guess. Well, if he's not going in the sixth, that means he's going five or plus-ish. And Okay, all right. Uh, who hits a home run today? So you can pick anyone to hit a home run. Who do you think it can, who, it'll be? I'm or you could go... say no one if you don't think anyone. No, nah, someone goes yard. Eh, though. I mean, <laughs> it's 2020 baseball. Right? Yep. Give me, um, I'd like to see it be Romuto. He's really struggling a lot right now. You know who I'm going to go? Reese. Didi. Okay. Didi's a good one. Yeah. You know what? Don't you got to think about signing him back? Yes. Absolutely. Because you talk, uh, you talk about their prospect, Boston Stott. He's going to be a couple years away. So he can fill the void until he's ready to come up and play. He's clutch. He's never hit a home run. Anywhere other than right field in his career. What? Isn't that crazy? He's never hit a home run anywhere else in his entire career but right field. Hmm. Isn't that cr- Like, you don't act. Where'd you get that from? Well, it's every time he hits a home run, it's like always brought up. And they show, you know, they show like the, not the stat cast, but when they show all the home runs and they show like the lines, yeah. every single one is packed to right field. And you, you would think at some point, one would accidentally go up. Wow. It's just unbelievable that stuff. Is, that's an unbelievable stat. It really is. And our last question here. Will JT Real Muto gun anyone out stealing in this game? It's a rant, though. Uh, no. Why? You don't think anyone's going to steal no on? One, no, one goes, no one takes off. Well, on. the problem is, for the other teams, of course, people do feel the need to run on this guy. Like, what are you trying to prove, huh? Who do you think you are? Here's the thing. Um, nobody steals bases that much in baseball anymore. Like, it's just like a lost thing. Yes and no. I don't think it's as extreme as maybe it once was, but people do try and steal on JT. I don't get it. I don't get it either. It's like, what do you, I think they're trying to prove, hey, I can beat this guy until they can't. Yeah. Well, what was that crazy game where Scott Kingery hit, Scott Kingery on Friday night hit that walk-off, pinch hit walk-off, 0-2 count with two yeah. outs, right? That was Saturday night, right? It was a Friday. That was Friday. Uh, it night. was Friday, but in the tenth inning, how wait? Hold they tried eleventh inning. They tried to steal, and Scott Kingery got the tag. He was safe as hell, but they tried to steal, and they called him out. Yeah, they called him out. He was and safe they reviewed as it, and they still called him out. I couldn't believe it. I know, and but in the tenth, it was Roman Quinn on third, zero outs, and they didn't score with the top of their lineup. I know. Well, a lot of these teams now with this runner on second, they're bunting them over to third. Okay, I'm seeing a with lot that. of that. I'm down with that. Girardi pulled that move a couple times. Well, he did it, and uh, and Quinn beat it out. They had first and third, nobody out. They couldn't score. Oh, that's because Roman Quinn's speed. 
lethal. You didn't score. I know. Well, that's a problem. And with the top of the lineup up, too, you would think, hey, let's go, fellas. It's almost impossible to be major leaguers and not be able to get a first and third with nobody out and score a run. Yeah. You're Hard. telling me we, with all this launch angle crap, you can't find a way to maybe pop one up in the deep left field? Terrible. It's such a bad way to win, though. It's like a sack fly walk-off. That's boring. The whole... I'll take it, but... Yeah. All right, that's our show today. We'll do better tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow, we got Flyers hockey. We'll recap the fills tonight. We, uh, Eagles, man. This is Jason Peters stuff. I'm interested to see where Peters plays tomorrow. That's for sure. We had a good conversation with Jeff Mosher about it today during football at 4. Check that out. It'll be up on our website later. And, of course... We're back again tomorrow. 